Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it is great to see you guys. Welcome to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. Always great to have you guys joining us. And if you're with us for the first time, my name is Scott, and we are in the second week of a series called Why Am I Here? And what we're trying to do in this series is answer some of life's most difficult questions, right? Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? You know, what should I be doing with my life? Uh, Even if you don't follow God yet, you don't have a relationship with God, you know, did all this just happen by chance, you know, what is the meaning of life? And, and if you were with us last week, we kind of took a high-level overview of the purposes that God has for our life and why He created us and that He did create us with intention. You know, He's got purpose for us. And so each week of the series, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to break that down and we're going to take one of those each week and really dive deep into it so that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt this is what God created me to do. This is why I'm here. And so the purpose I want to look at today is the purpose of serving. And we talked about that last week, that God created us to serve Him and to serve others. Ecclesi- or Ecclesiastes, Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. What does that mean? It means even before we were born, God prepared in advance what he wants us to do with our life. And we were created to make a contribution. We were created for serving. We were created to do good things, to to handle the responsibility God's given us and to make a difference in this world. Truth is, we weren't just created to to sit back and hope and watch and see if God's plan actually comes to fruition. We were made to be a part of His plan. We were made to contribute. so, So we were put on earth on purpose, and we were put on earth with a purpose. And God has given us that purpose. And the exciting thing is, He's given us everything we need to fulfill our purpose. He's not holding anything back. I love what it says in the book of Job, Job chapter 10, verse 8. You formed me with your hands. You made me. So God made each of us. He made us unique. There's nobody else in the world like you, right? You could even be an identical twin, but you're still different. You know, there's still parts of you that are different, but you're one of a kind. I'm one of a kind, so we're each unique, But we also each have a unique purpose to fulfill that God wants us to fulfill. And if we don't fulfill that purpose, guess what? It doesn't get done. And the things that God's given us to fulfill our purpose, our talents, for example, they're not just for ourselves. They're not just for our benefit. Look at what it says, and we touched on this last week in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, notice it doesn't say, well, you just use your gift to to make a lot of money only for yourself. 
It doesn't say you use your gift only for your benefit or use your gifts only to build relationships that, that you can capitalize on. It doesn't even say use your gifts to get ahead of others. It says use your gifts to serve others. So the gifts God's given us, those abilities, those talents, they are for the benefit of others. And sometimes that's hard for us to, to fathom. Yes, we get to use them for our benefit, but they're also for the benefit of others. That's one of the ways God connects us in relationships with other people when we use our gifts to benefit others or to serve others. So one of our purposes of our life, the reason why we are here is to serve others and to serve God. And we learned last week the way that we serve God is by serving others. So if you're following along with our notes or taking notes, learning number one, it is impossible to serve God without serving others. It's impossible. And at the heart of God is this command for us to love each other. We looked at that last week, but we can't love others if we're not willing to serve others. Jesus' own words, Matthew 20, 28, he said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So everybody's called to serve. Everybody is called to ministry. Everybody should have a ministry in the body of Christ, serving others and serving God that way. And listen, I've said this before, this life that we're living right now, this is just a blip on the map, right? This is just preparation for all of eternity. And one thing God says that we are going to do in eternity is we're going to serve, right? It's not like work that we don't like to do here. It's going to be a privilege to serve, and we're going to want to serve. But it says all through the Scripture, we're going to serve Christ in eternity. So this life, think of it, is practice. So today, we're going to learn how to serve like Jesus. And I think being willing to serve, the, the very first thing is we just have to be available. We have to be available to God to use in any way God sees to use us. And so let's look at an example from, from Jesus, because he's the prime example for this. And one day, Jesus is leaving the city of Jericho, and two guys ask Jesus for help. And I want to look at that passage, Matthew 20, 30 through 32. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Now, did you notice what Jesus did? The scripture says that he stopped. And I'm sure he was heading somewhere. I'm sure he had plans. I'm sure he had something that he was getting ready to do, but he stopped. And he put these two men above anything else at that moment and even before himself. So if we're going to be serving others or available to serve others, we have to be willing to be stopped. We have to be willing to be interrupted, if you will. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he was always being interrupted. And a lot of those interruptions were the miracles that Jesus 
performed. He never minded being interrupted from what he was doing. So I think a great kind of reflection question, and you don't have to answer this out loud. This is just to reflect on, but as learning number two, how often are there opportunities for us to minister to people, but we're too busy? Just think about that as we go through this, that, you know, we're just not willing to have our world turned upside down. We're not willing to be stopped. We're not willing to be interrupted. We've got our plans. We've got our schedule. We got our agenda. We got our day planned out. There's no wiggle room in there to be used by God, even if we wanted to be used by God. So if we're going to be willing to serve Jesus, we got to make ourselves available. Got to be willing to be stopped. Proverbs 3.28 says, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. So to serve God, we simply have to make ourselves available and we have to be willing to have our plans changed from now and then. But let's be honest, a lot of things get in the way of being available to God. And I think one of the biggest things is we get too caught up in what we got going on, right? Sometimes we get too caught up in ourselves. We get too centered and too focused on what we want and what we desire in life. We become laser focused on our issues and our problems. And often we don't pay attention to what's going on around us. And and the the term for it is self-centeredness. And listen, we all have this. We all struggle with this. But here's a verse from our last series, Philippians 2.4. It says, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. What that verse implies is if we're going to make a difference in this world, this life we've been given, if we're going to do anything at all significant with our lives, we have to think about others right? We can't just only think about ourselves. And another thing that becomes a barrier to serving others, I think a lot of times we think, well, I'm not ready or I'm not prepared or, or I've got to be perfect. And I think culture instills that in us. And especially if you, you know, you have a job, you're still working, you know, you got to be perfect. You know, you can't make any mistakes at all. And that's not realistic. God uses imperfect people all the time to do his work. We just have to simply be focused on others. Yeah, sure, we may want to strive for excellence and quality in everything we do, but nobody's going to do it perfectly. Things don't have to be perfect in order to work out. Another thing, if we're going to serve others, not only do we have to be available and willing to be interrupted, but I think we have to be thankful and grateful for what God's already done in and through our lives. Until we realize truly what the Lord has done for us individually, especially those of you that have a relationship with Christ, and I know some of you haven't made that decision, but if you do, we have to first be thankful for what he's done for us. Because it's not until then can we serve God out of the depths of uh, our heart, the sincerity of our heart. And, and, And quite frankly, in the scripture, he calls us to serve with an attitude of thankfulness with an attitude of gratitude. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him 
to God the Father. I, I think some of the most happy, uh, most healthy, most vibrant people in the world are people that are thankful. And if you look at the life of Jesus, that's the way he was. He was grateful in his ministry. He was thankful and had a thankful heart. Now, there's a story in the New Testament, and you may be familiar with it, but a story of Lazarus and how Lazarus had died. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and, and one day Jesus leaves Bethany or returns to Bethany, and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But before he does that, he stops and gives thanks to God. He says, God, thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Thank you that you're going to do this. See, he was grateful throughout his earthly ministry, and that's the attitude he wants us to have. But why is that important? Learning number three, when we're thankful and serve others, it shows God's love. Right? It shows the attitude that Christ had. It shows spiritual maturity. If we're only ministering out of complaining, oh, I got to do this again, or they need me to do this, or I got to go here, that's never going to work. But when we serve God out of appreciation and thankfulness for all he's already done for us, it changes everything. The Apostle Paul had this attitude. Look at 1 Timothy 1.12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. That's a pretty high calling. God considers us trustworthy and he appoints us to serve him, and we do that by serving others. So it's a privilege, in other words, to serve Jesus. And when we serve Jesus, we're making an eternal difference. Anything that we do for Christ, it has eternal implications, but we have to have that thankful heart. Psalm 100 verse 2 from the King James Version says, serve the Lord with gladness. So when we're serving the Lord, that's the attitude we should have. Now, this next verse also includes a couple of things that we have to consider, but 2 Timothy 1.9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So he saved us and he called us to live a holy life. See, a holy life involves doing God's work. And if we're going to live a holy life, we have to be about doing what God says to do. He left that responsibility to us. Remember last week we talked about how we're responsible for reconciling people to him. We can't save anybody, but we can do everything and anything to help people to reconcile with the Lord. So, the call to salvation, if you've accepted Christ, the call to salvation is a call to serve. We have to get involved. We have to spread the word. Christians should serve because that was the example that Jesus set. I think the moment you invite Christ into your life, you know, you're signing up, if you will, to serve him in any way possible. Again, Jesus didn't come to be served he came to serve, and he came to tell other people about God's kingdom. And the cool thing is, uh, something else we have to be, we have to be faithful. And whatever it is that God gives us to do, we have to be faithful in that. 
This this isn't on your outline, but Luke 16, verse 10 says, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. A lot of you have heard this verse. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So the Bible says if we're faithful in the little things, the things God's given us, our time, our talent, our resources, uh, our our wealth, our relationships, our friendships, our connections, if we're faithful in those things, we'll be faithful in greater responsibilities in heaven. And what we need to realize, every single day, God has given us opportunities to show our faithfulness. Here's something else that kind of motivates us to be faithful in whatever job or ministry God's given us, John 17, 4 says, this is Jesus talking to God. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus brought glory to God by finishing and completing the work God had given him to do. What does that mean for us? Learning number four, we bring glory to God by completing the work he gives us to do. And that's crazy to think about. God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, we can bring God glory by doing the great commission and the great commandment. Remember, we looked at those last week. The great commission is what? Uh, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded them. So if we do that... In other words, we share the good news with people and help them along on their faith journey, we bring glory to God. But then the great commandment, when Jesus was asked, you know, the most important thing, he said, basically, love God and love people, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we can do that part, then we bring glory to God. And understand, our ministries aren't going to be the same. They're going to be different because we're all uniquely made, but the goal is the same, to further God's kingdom and be about his work. For example, some of you, you, you know, you work with our kids. You like to be with the kids. Others of you, you want to be out front. You know, you like to work the doors and hand out programs or open the doors or work in the parking lot for people or serve coffee. But others of you, you like to be behind the scenes. You know, maybe you host a service for our online campus or you work the lights or the sound or or something like that. It doesn't matter as long as we're faithful. We're available, we're willing to be interrupted, and we're faithful in whatever God gives us to do. And what keeps us motivated for the long haul? To continue to serve the Lord with the gifts He's given us, remembering again what He's done for us. Remembering if we have Christ that we're forgiven and that our eternal home is already set, and we have a purpose for living today, and also remembering that he's going to reward us someday. I think the the most motivating thing for me in my life that's kind of kept me, you know, moving forward is there's still people that I know that don't know Jesus. There's people that you know that don't know Jesus. Some of them are in your family. Some of them are your friends. Some of them are Uh, your neighbor, and until everybody hears the good news about Christ, we got work to do. That's kind of kept me motivated. I can't stand the thought of somebody leaving this earth without knowing Christ. And there's so many things we can do with our life that, you know, they're not all that significant, but anytime we do something for God, 
Anytime we do something for the Lord, it's significant. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Anytime we do something for the Lord, it's significant. Even the job you think is small is incredibly important. I mean, think about it. Do you know who prepares the coffee at church or who cleans the restrooms during the week? Probably not, but you're glad they do that, right? Do you know who was in the parking lot waving at you this morning or opened the door for you to come in or is working with your perfect little angels back there, you know, in the, in the, kid, in the kids' area or the people that are working the sound and the lights and the video? Probably not, but we would sure know, wouldn't we, if they weren't faithful in the ministry that, that God's given us. And it's all done on Sundays by just a group of people, volunteers who know the importance of serving, and they're grateful for what Christ has done, and they're faithful in that service. I think a lot of times people are, are hesitant to get involved because they come in and they think, well, everything's already taken care of. You know, they don't need me, or, you know, I don't have the gifts, or I don't have. That's a lie. God's gifted us all to serve Him. So we have something that will help you to figure out a place to serve. And this will be our second one, but Cody, our group's pastor, is doing a volunteer on March 24th at 9.45, and then he'll do one at 11. So you can arrange when you want to come to church and then do the volunteer or do the volunteer first and then go to church. But what he does is he walks people around who are interested in figuring out the ministries at the church and shows them all the different ministries that go on on a Sunday morning. And then somebody from that ministry just gives like a one-minute overview. Hey, this is what our ministry does. Now, and, and again, it's no commitment. It's not like you're going to get to the end of that volunteer and he's going to lock you in a room and say, all right, where are you serving? You're signing up today. No. What he's going to do is he's going to lock you in a room. He's going to ask you for a donation first, and then he's going to ask you where you want to serve. I'm just kidding. But it's a great way to just kind of say, gosh, I didn't know all this was going on, and find a place that fits. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. That's a universal principle. If we wait for perfect conditions, we would never do anything. If we waited for perfect conditions to serve the Lord, we'd never, you know, we'd never invest, we'd never invite, we'd never get involved, we'd never give, we'd never pray, we'd never do anything. But if we're going to become like Jesus, we have to learn to serve like Jesus. Again, he didn't come to this earth to be waited on hand and foot. He came to serve others and to tell others about his Father's kingdom. Here's the last thing. If we're going to I think if we're going to serve others, not only are we available, not only are we willing to be interrupted and have the right attitude and we're faithful in whatever God gives us to do, we also have to be generous. And we talked about that last week. If we're going to serve like Jesus and be like Jesus, we got to be generous like Jesus. We have to give a part of ourselves back along the way. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 you know the generous grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. So we model that same generosity. Jesus was constantly given of himself. We give of ourselves. Jesus left heaven. Everything he could have possibly needed, he left heaven and he came to earth and he died a a terribly painful death on the cross for each of us. And the Bible says it's only because of God's grace and God's generosity that that occurred. Look at Romans 3.24. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. The only reason any of us are saved is because of God's generosity and God's grace. And he simply wants us to model that grace in our lives. So learning number five, serving means being willing to give of ourselves. Serving means being willing to give of ourselves. Now, the Bible talks about generosity all the time. And yeah, a lot of times it's talking about wealth or resources, but it's also talking about time and abilities and talents and what God has given us. So along the way of our life, we just give a little bit of that time back to God. We serve Him and serve His purposes. And listen, God has shaped all of us for ministry. It's somewhere to serve in His kingdom, whether it's you know, mentoring people or, or leading a group or, you know, playing an instrument or, or working with kids, whatever. We all have skills and abilities that God wants us to use to serve Him. And listen, if you're not uh, serving anywhere right now, this isn't about pointing the finger and saying, shame on you. It's about showing us the importance of why we're called to serve, why God calls us to serve. And uh, we've got three buttons that I'm going to draw your attention to on our church center app under volunteer and on our website under volunteer. The first one is that volunteer. I don't know if it's the first one. Don't quote me on the order. But one of them is that volunteer. If you want to sign up to do that, one-time deal, 945 or 11 on March 24th. But there's also a button that says, hey, I'm ready. You already know the ministry's at the church. And if you hit that button, it drives you to all our different ministries and you can sign up where you want to regularly serve. But the one button that I want to draw your attention to in particular is there's one out there now called Easter Serve. Now, you don't have to look very far to see that we're out of parking. This service experiences it uh, probably the most. Uh, I'd like to put some cameras up in the parking lot and just watch y'all coming in and going out and how many times you make gestures to other people. That would be kind of fun just to show us our funny video on a Sunday. Um, but I digress. We're, we're out of parking. And we're hopefully in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to announce what we're going to do as a church to solve that problem. But until then, Easter's coming. There is no way that the people that come at Easter that we're going to be able to accommodate on Sunday. So what we've done is we've added two more services, just like we do at Christmas Eve, we do multiple services, but we're going to have two Saturday services. We're going to have a 4 o'clock and a 5.30 on Saturday, and then we're going to have our regular service times on Sundays. What does that mean? That means we need people to help us serve on Saturday. So it's called Easter Serve. You sign up to serve just one time, just one service. If you want to serve two services, that's fine, but serve one service and attend a service. 
and help us out. I was talking to Kim this week, and she told me there's over 50 volunteers each service just in the kids' area. That's mind-blowing to think. But your kids must be pretty rowdy, and we need that many people <laughs> to, to tame them. So, so what we're asking, sign up to serve a service and attend a service. And all you have to do is hit that Easter serve button. Now, if you come on Saturday, let's say you serve at the 4 o'clock service, and then you attend the 5.30 service, don't come back on Sunday. We don't have a parking space. That would defeat the whole purpose, all right? Or if you serve on Sunday, don't come on Saturday. All the services will be identical. But this is the way that we're creating space so that other people that we know we're coming on Easter Sunday can hear how Jesus can change their life. So if you're ready to serve and you know where your regular ministry wants to be, then you can hit, I'm ready to serve. If you want to do the volunteer, you can hit that button or the Easter serve button. And listen, it's never a lifelong commitment at this church to serve in a ministry. You don't have to serve every week. Your schedule may work better serving once a month or twice a month. And you don't have to make up something or move away from the New River Valley to get out of ministry. It's okay. If it's not a fit, you're like, hey, I've been working here and I just don't, this isn't where I want to serve. I want to serve. We'll move you or you can quit gracefully. Sometimes things happen in our life and it's not a good season for us to serve. But I think one of the beauties of, of, that makes us different than a lot of other churches, we ask you to serve in one ministry. And that's it. It's not like, you know, when I grew up, if you signed up to serve in a ministry, by the end of the week, you were going to be in six ministries, right? Well, since you're doing this, you could help us here. You could help. And could you be on this committee? And could you? No, one ministry as it fits your schedule. One day we're going to stand before God. And we don't know how long our time on this earth is. And I think there's going to be, is it going to be a two-question test? And not a test, it's going to be two questions. And I think the first question he's going to ask is, what did you do with my son Jesus? He's not going to ask you when you were baptized or how many Sundays a month you came to church. He's not going to ask you what denomination you were. He's going to say, what did you do with my son Jesus? Did you have a relationship with my son Jesus? Because that's the only way in. He's the one that has to pay for your sins. We know that. That's the first thing he's going to ask us. That's on salvation. And I think the second question he's going to ask us is on stewardship. Hey, Scott, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your time and your talent and your treasures and, and your relationships? What did you do with those things? Did you use them just for yourself or did you use them for me? He's going to reward us, our faithfulness. Hebrews 6.10 says, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Listen, even if nobody else says thank you, nobody else recognizes what we do for the kingdom of God, God's going to recognize it and he's going to reward us for it. So we serve God by serving others. That's our purpose one of our purposes in life, all we have to do is be available, sometimes be willing to be interrupted, be grateful. We got to have the right heart. We got to be faithful in whatever job, big or small, that God gives us to do. And we got to be generous along the way to model that generosity of Christ, just to give something back. 
And I'm telling you, there's nothing better than serving the Lord and knowing that you're helping in some way, shape, or form somebody else to find out who Jesus is. There's nothing more rewarding. We can't save people, but we can sure create an environment and we can sure free up and add parking spaces to help people to know Christ. So let me encourage you, under that volunteer tab on the website or from the Church Center app under the volunteer tab, check those out. Help us out at Easter. And even if you don't know where you want to serve on a a more regular basis, serving at Easter may help you to to discern that. I truly believe God uh, can speak to us when we take action. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that it's amazing to think you can even use any of us, Lord, that, that you can use us to to fulfill your purposes and your kingdom. And Lord, it's kind of overwhelming that you left us the responsibility to share in the good news with others. But God, knowing this is what you've called us to do, help us to be faithful in that. Help us to be available. Even starting this week, be willing to be interrupted, to be faithful in whatever you give us to do. And as we're praying, I just want you to just ask God, just from the quietness of your heart, hey, God, we're where is it I could get involved? Where is it that you want me to make a difference with what you've given me? And then I want you to ask him who the people are in your life that need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's one of your children, grandchildren. Maybe it's a friend, a coworker. God, who is it that's in our circle of influence that needs a relationship with you? And God, we're asking as these people come to mind that you would open the door. You would give us the opportunity, maybe just to invite them to church on Easter so they can hear about you and how you can change their life. God, we truly know the only way we find hope, healing, and restoration is through you, through you, Jesus. Help us to share that with others. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you for the online campus. Lord, these these folks could have done anything else other than be here today, but they chose to be here to worship you and to hear from you. And I thank you for them. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you would check out that volunteer link, sign up for one or two of those things, Uh, help us out with Easter Serve, Uh, I would be very, very appreciative. I hope you have a terrific Sunday. Get out there and enjoy this weather. Go swing some clubs, throw some ball in the yard or do something, but enjoy it, and we will see you next Sunday. God bless you guys.